You are listening to the Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mirai, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode 64 of the Pull List Podcast. That's right, we're back. 2021 has officially set sail, and we are kicking the front door in on 2022. And we're excited. Woo! Like, SWAT team just coming through. Um, We're excited to talk about comics, our love of comics, the writing of comics, the things they apply to our lives. But we are excited to be here on the Pull List Podcast on the Love Thy Nerd Network, your bi-weekly show for comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Hector Mirai. And I am your host for the day, uh, stepping in for Chris Poirier, who has a case of the cooties. And he's his voice is not doing well, and he needed a day off from recording. And we, we just didn't want to wait any longer. Um, and we will miss him. But today we are also super blessed because uh, we have a extraordinary person that I'm just a big fan of that has a passion for comics, for faith, for community. Um, today we are joined by Todd Turner. Say hi, Todd. Hey, what's up, guys? Todd is uh, probably the most prolific collector of comics in the LTN community, but also he is the artist and creator at uh, Mosaic Fan Art, where he turns the art and just beauty of comics into stained glass. And like, and I said that yeah, I've mentioned this before, and one of my favorite things you ever said. Um, and just talking with you, and I think you said it in a podcast we did before, but uh, you just said the glass is forgiving. And like, that's that's been like, like every time I look at glass stuff now, I'm like, the glass is forgiving. It's just like mysterious. It's some Rorschach stuff. Um, so the truth, uh, man, it's the truth. And, you know, as I'm watching you make like, you know. I've got a friend who is a Venom fan and you were making a Venom thing the other day and I showed it to him and I said that like it was I said that like I was the watcher over his shoulder as he was looking at my phone. I was like, <laughs> the glass is forgiving. And he's just like, Ooh, that gave me chills. Um, That's Jeffrey Wright right there, man. That was a good yeah. that was a good imitation. <laughs> <laughs> so we we have Todd Turner here and Todd is, you know, we've we've wanted Todd to be a part of the po- pull list podcast for a hot minute. And we're excited that it's happening today. So we're going to jump right in. There's a lot, a lot of comics that have come out um, through December and January uh, of the last couple months. So we're going to look at today our top six comic books for the last two months just from december and january and uh we're also going to talk about who our favorite writer is right now who our favorite artist and any just gem moments of uh going on our comic book journey so todd let's just jump in tell me your just give me two of your favorite books over the last two months well i I had said uh, this uh, to someone before that I'm so glad Fear State is over because, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It just just drug on. Fear State, Future State, all the states. However, in the, in the aftermath of Fear State um, and A-Day, where Arkham Asylum was destroyed or whatever, uh, there's now Arkham Tower in the middle of Gotham. And um, in the pages of Detective Comics... I've honestly never read. I've, I've read Detective. I've collected it. Not. I just collect it because I have a problem. But I, that, <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like I'm. A, I have to be a completist. But all the Batman books are are killing me. But the um, the Detective comic uh, run right now. They're in the middle of a twelve issue run inside of the of the book um, about basically the rise and fall of Gotham Tower. And it, um, the biggest problem is that it's weekly, so it can get pretty pricey when you're paying three ninety nine or four ninety nine for a book. But the story is, um, it is the whole entire Bat family minus Batman, because Batman is gone, and it's um, it's them trying to figure out. You know, they got all these villains in downtown Gotham, and they're all like so chill and so calm like um at one point doctor uh, or mr freeze is going to get an ice latte i just thought that was sort of funny um but you just know it's all gonna fall apart 
Um, they have a they have a plant inside as a patient um, who is Huntress, and um, Batwoman is like undercover as a therapist. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Um, have you read any of that? I I am reading it, and I also really enjoy it. Um, I'm a Huntress is not my favorite Bat Family person, but man, she's near the top because when she's done well, um, and especially too like. If you go back to the 90s or even Tom King's stuff with um, when he did uh, maybe it wasn't Robin. Maybe it's Robin Eternal or but it was it was one of those things. Batman and Robin Eternal. It was one of those books that was a 52 arc run or whatever. Um, anytime you back up on Huntress's stuff, she has as much spiritual content as Nightcrawler, depending on his oh, wow. writing. Um, and if you back it up, like she, you can get like full gospel presentations through mm. her stuff. I mean, doing it like um, one of my favorite Huntress books is because it's also a question book. Uh, there's a back when they did Final Crisis, there was a book called Final Crisis Revelations, and it's Renee Montoya as the question. Gotcha. Um, and Huntress uh, fighting the spiritual battles that broke out of final crisis and where the specter is God's manifestation of vengeance. Oh um, yeah. There is a other side of it. That is a physical manifestation of God's grace. Oh, and, and it's those two. Um, it's the question and Huntress protecting the physical manifestation of God's grace from Vandal Savage, who is now Cain from the Bible. And it's I, just like, oh, man. Yeah. And it's just like, it, there's so much dope stuff. But yeah. Um, and so I it sounds yeah. like something Tom King would write. Yeah. Well, this is even Tom King, though. This is like maybe Greg oh. Morrison or something or Greg Rucka. Wow. Um, yeah. It's, so it's maybe 10, 15 years old. Um, but uh, I've picked that book up that all of the detective books simply because it had a Huntress cover. Like, I oh. didn't even know what was going on. It's just like, oh, I got a Huntress cover. And I was just like, oh, that's pretty. I'm going to go with this. Because outside of, like, unless I can tell the arc is going to be hot garbage, I usually pick up Detective anyway. Because yeah. you're the, like it, me, because you, you have a problem. Yeah. It, well, it's, it gives you a nice reprieve from the slave drum of having to stay on the Batman storyline. Um, because you barely get a moment to breathe and tell good stories in Batman if it's not timed out well. So yeah, I've, I've been picking act- up. This actually feels like a detective book for the first time in a long time. Mm. No, so it's really good watching uh, Babs work from the chair, and um, of course, if you've gotten Batgirls, it's been a pretty cute little book too. It's fun. Um, I yeah. suggest everybody get that, but that wasn't one of my lists. But anyway, yeah, I liked it. I like it. There's, I'm not a big fan of the backup stories in a lot of these books. A lot of the DC books have little backup stories, but I really enjoy the backup story in this one. Um, I just am waiting to see where it goes. It's a little creepy. It's sort of like a, the antithesis of a Robin. Um, like, what if one of the uh, villains picked a uh, ward? Um, and this this poor kid was first. He's with the scarecrow, and now he's with penguin. So, oh no, yeah. So who knows? Yeah. So that was one. Um, another one. I'm just gonna punch these out. These are the ones that are like coming out weekly. Um, I I fell off enjoying Spider Man at the end of Nick Spencer's run. Um, but this new Spider Man, and I'm not a Okay, for full disclosure, I dropped out of comic books in the <laughs> early '90s. Me too. So, and um, I didn't. Dro- I dropped out when they did the Clone Saga. Well, here we go. This is Clone Saga all over again, sorta. Um, but I'm enjoying Amazing Spider-Man. Um, but now it's coming out three times a month as well, so it gets pretty pricey too. Um, but it's been really good. But the Peter Parker. He is like has been in intensive care. Ben Riley's taken over and run by this corporation called the Beyond Corp. Then you know Peter's trying; they're trying to get Peter well, and basically they do a one issue on Peter, the next issue on Ben Riley, and the way the whole story has fallen together has been really good. I've enjoyed. They've had different creators, different writers, different artists, um, but they have a underlying theme that. It seems fresh, and um, 
the, one of the last issues, uh, the black cat is trying to get Peter back in shape to where he can be um, Spider-Man again. And she enlists Captain America and they put him through the ringers. You know, they like, they're like, um, they act like they're robbing something and Peter has to, you know, Peter Parker has to stop them and everything. And so it was a really fun issue. So, and I, you know, so, and the little backup stories that they have, uh, you know, they, they had a Black Cat Mary Jane issue that came out. Um, it was fun. So, I, I don't know, I like fun comics most of the time. Some of them that are really heavy hitting, I do enjoy, but I like them to be fun every once in a while, too. And Spider-Man for me has been fun. Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So the new game, Pokemon Legends Arceus, has come out, and when I heard about it, saw that it was basically Breath of the Wild with Pokemon, I realized that if I only bought one copy, me and my three daughters would be fighting constantly to be able to get some Switch time with it. Um, we have a regular switch and a switch light, which we all kind of just bounce around sharing whichever system is necessary. But <clears throat> I knew we wouldn't, we were going to have to go ahead and make the decision to fork over the money for not just one copy of the game, but two, because at any given point we needed to be able to have two systems be playing this game between the four of us. And, you know, it's it's worked out really well um, because at our different times of being able to play, usually they overlap. But one of the biggest benefits that it's been is I have a uh, nine-year-old that is still pretty new to adventure games of this size and depth. Like... Breath of the Wild and Pokemon Arceus are pretty flippin' huge in terms of adventure, combat, uh, crafting, and stuff like that. So one of the best parts of this is that when my nine-year-old is playing and I'm playing, um, she can bring her Switch over to me and she'll say, okay, show me where you went on your map and I can show her or she'll sit and watch me and just literally kind of mimic what I'm doing. And y'all, when we are in a place where we are willing to make room and effort in our lives for other people to actually walk beside us, walk behind us, walk in front of us, when we are going to make a conscious effort to shape our lives to actually be able to be attached to by others it makes a huge difference there's a scripture in amos 3 3 that says do two walk together unless they've agreed to do so y'all we need to start leaving room in our lives for others to walk beside us it makes a difference remember to catch faith and fandom 180 every wednesday morning on the back row morning show only on ltn radio and if you'd like to learn more about faith and fandom head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our comic-con ministry podcasts memes apparel and book series you can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book i'm hector mirai and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me so for me this is one that uh pretty recent or close to the last two um I, and this was just a whim i think it's because you know normally you could i don't know if you ever buy co- comics just off of covers um oh yeah absolutely i did this, uh, a couple of weeks ago i wasn't at my local store and i was like that's eh, just gonna pick up some random books nice i i almost didn't buy this one because i didn't like the cover but i like the idea <laughs> uh, it was like what it, it was one of those like you know I'm definitely not buying the book for the cover, um, but uh, the Devil's Reign Winter Soldier. Oh, um, uh, I don't know if you did. You pick that one up? Absolutely. Is that in your list too? Okay. No, no. It's okay. Inside. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, I, man, I just really enjoyed that. Um, I haven't seen, you know, I haven't been reading the Captain America books lately, and I haven't had a lot of Bucky interaction. And, um, but just the fact that they're tying that in that he's willing to go take down, you know, all this stuff just to be able to get his uh, some more info on his backstory, but also the idea of a sleepwalking kingpin. Oh just, man, like, that's slaughtering spooky. people. I'm like, yeah, like there are people that when you think because one of the ads that keeps popping up on like uh, true crime TV and stuff is like about a dude who murdered someone while sleepwalking. And is that a justifiable defense and everything? Um, oh, wow. Like I, there's some at like a commercial that's popping up on all the true crime stuff is like um, a, a guy basically stabbed someone 20 plus times. Because this is he, for reals. Yeah, this is for real. This is real life. Um, oh man, some, crazy! Pants. Someone stabbed someone twenty times plus because he was sleepwalking and literally had zero memory of it doing it. So, like when they lie detector him and everything else, like he's like, <laughs> like wow. he's got nothing. And so the idea of like Wilson Fisk sleepwalking and just like laying waste to people is like. Oh, that's really, really scary. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing a sleepover at Kingpin's house ever. <laughs> Kingpin's pajama party that that would honestly make that would make. I, I'm just picturing some like solid purple jammies, you know, yeah, Hawaiian just, shirt that he wears. Yeah, Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, it's, that's pretty dope too. I don't know. If, <laughs> I, I I was listening to an interview with D'Onofrio, and um, he actually has the Hawaiian shirt Kingpin comic panel as his desktop. Nice. Um, because like he said, he's had that um, picture as his desktop since like Daredevil ended. Um, and it's just like he didn't get like, an Emmy for that. I have no idea. Yeah, and that's just so good. Um, just sticking with, I'm just going by what's on top of my pile here. Um, another one that I really uh, surprisingly, really not surprisingly, but um, you know, you never know what when you get new number ones with stuff. But I really enjoyed She Hulk number one. Um. I thought that was just a really good book and, you know, just, you know, Jen Walters doesn't doesn't get a lot of like credit. And they did a lot of really weird stuff to her in the last couple of years. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, like <laughs> it was terrible. They just put the, her the red the, She-Hulk in the they made her a Red Widow and everything in Avengers. And it's just yeah. been a lot for that poor character to actually not have to be herself. Um, and. You know, the idea of another strong woman just picking a fight because she wanted a friend and she wanted an interaction. And it's just like and then like literally the end of it, she's like, I'm not calling the cops, but can we just like talk about this and hang out rather than you just I was like, it was really well written story. And it was just like oh. it's I, I really enjoyed how easily they um, put the interaction and the genuine moment of I can't remember the lady she was punching. Okay. When, you know, she's like you'd hang out with me. We'd be friends. And it's just like, yeah. I was like, I was like, Oh, look at you being touching. I appreciate that. Um, and at the end, she's like, are you okay? Do you need money? I mean, I can, <laughs> I can help you. Yeah. Because in the comic book world, she's married to, uh, the absorbing man. Ah, okay. Yeah. 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 Don't you and Carl have a place somewhere or something like that? Yeah. The, the cool thing that I enjoyed about that book was, um, I mentioned this to my daughter, but the author, Rainbow Royale, or Ara, I don't know, I'm going to, I'm butchering her name, um, wrote a lot of teen um, YA books um, that my daughter had, was just leaving that genre and had read a couple of her books. So when I mentioned that to my daughter that, hey, I just, I like it. It's written by a lady. Her name's Rainbow. And she immediately knew who that author was. And I was shocked because I... I'd never heard of that before, but the whole thing with Jack of Hearts at the end. Are we allowed to spoil things like this, or are we not supposed to? Well, considering we're doing stuff from, like, January, like, so I think we're okay. Yeah, you should have already known this. But <laughs> um, actually, actually, the Avengers disassembled um, was with the explode. Jack of Hearts blows up and kills, like, Ant-Man and destroys the Vision and... At, and that's what started the disassembling of the Avengers in the not when then what that ushered in the the young Avengers and everything like that was the was the death of Jack of Hearts. So to see him show up, it's like what? I'm interested to see where they go with that. 
I also had zero idea who it was because I don't like I wasn't aware. I didn't recognize <laughs> him. So I was just like, you know, I was like, well, I'll figure this out. I'll get there. Um, well, yeah. Uh, back in the 80s, they had a four issue miniseries, uh, Jack of Hearts miniseries. And of course, you know, I got it. So I had to read it. But yeah, um, that's a right, that's so- a cool run, too. And if you have Amazon Prime, you can go read it for free. Oh, sweet. Right, so um, what are a couple more of your books? Well, since you stole She-Hulk from me, I'm going to steal no. Nightwing from you. No! <laughs> no I'll just, I won't. I won't. I, we'll just share Nightwing. How's we'll that? Share Nightwing. We can share She-Hulk. That's fine. Uh, so we uh, can share She-Hulk, too. Um, yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell, go ahead with Nightwing. That's cool. Nightwing's my favorite book going. It just flat out is. Even when they forced the Fear State stuff in there. It was still so good. But you sent me a message saying uh, Nightwing 88 was awesome or something like that. And I was like, I'm not home. I won't get my books for two weeks. I'm so far behind. And so it was like the first book I read when I got it. And I picked it up. And I was like, man, this is great. My first comic book I ever received was uh, New Teen Titans Issue 1 in 1980, which is... You know, Robin, Changeling, Cyborg, Starfire, um, who I'm missing, Raven. Yeah, I think that's the group. And uh, to see them all show up with uh, Nightwing in this last issue, it was so good. I actually had that talk because you and you had told me that before that, you know, you had a thing for that group. And, you know, I was like, oh, he'll like this. But it was like, I think. I think one of my favorite moments, he's like, um, uh, cradle or piggyback. And it's just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I saw you chose the piggyback. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, it's just one of those things. It's just like, it was beautiful. So like the flash tells Nightwing, he's got to carry or run away with him. He's like, do you want to be cradled or do you want to be piggybacked? And it's just like conversations you don't expect to have. And, um, <laughs> oh, and uh, the, the book is the, the book is so well done. The, the relationship that he has with um, uh, Barbara is, is explored so well. Just him having the dog. I mean, I love, well, I can't remember the name of the dog now. Just for a long time, she didn't have, Haley, I think her name's Haley. I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, the dog. Um, just Nightwing having a dog is just so interesting. Um, but... I'm never I'm not very familiar with Blockbuster, which is I guess the main villain, because yeah. I w- really wasn't a you know a big Nightwing fan. I, matter of fact, I didn't start collecting Nightwing until Tom Taylor took over with like issue seventy eight or eighty one. I can't remember where it was, but yeah. And honestly, um, that's that's not a bad place to start over. Um, and even with uh you know I so I've been over cleaning up and organizing my house a little while, and I wanted my I was collecting all of my books together because eventually they're going to go in storage and their appropriate slots and all that. And I put all of Nightwing together of Tom Taylor's run. I took the Fear State stuff out uh, and set it aside. And I handed it to my my daughters. And I was like, you'll enjoy this. Read this. Because my Mm -hmm. kids, when my daughters were younger, like I've got a 13-year-old. She's about to turn 14 next week. And an 11-year-old. And, you know, I used to have to feel like it was my responsibility to expose them to good content. Absolutely. 100%. Here's your books. Here's your movies. Here's your video games. Here's the stuff you should be interested in. And Mm -hmm. my kids have listened well, but they are also at the point they don't need me for that anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, My kids read more books in a, a year than I've probably read in my life. And they find comics and anime and manga all on their own. Like, they're doing really great. And, like, uh I was like, you're really going to like this. And so my older two kids burned through um, all of Tom Taylor's Nightwing stuff in like a day. Both of them did. And it was pretty cool. Um, but no, it's just if if this whole arc um, plays out well, because honestly, I'm waiting. Like, I literally Artless. have anticipation. Artless, dude. I'm waiting on this villain. It's like the first <laughs> um, 
And some of the best, though, if you if you're ever scrolling back and you're looking for blockbuster content, um, there was uh, somewhere around the early 2000s, right around the time that Red Hood became a character, like 2002, 2003. Um, Judd Winnick did a uh, oh. Nightwing arc and through uh, Green Arrow, and it was a thing where um, blockbuster. Um, the the comic we're just talking about like was a problem for Green Arrow and Nightwing, and so you've got Nightwing and Green Arrow and some other folks taking them down. But it's just, just picture. I, I, oh, I don't, I don't want to be that negative, but Blockbuster is basically just a knockoff of Wilson Fisk. I knew and, that. You can tell yeah, that. Yeah, and that, and that there's not a lot more depth than that. Um, yeah. He's a little yeah. more meta human, but yeah. yeah. So, what, what's you. what's your what's your next one? Well, um, I'm going to go off board and go with We Have Demons. They uh, Good choice. Oof. We uh, Three came out, and so there's one, two, and three. And, Ooh, I didn't know three was out. Fantastic. I need and to that, that finishes the um, story arc, the first story arc, three issues. And um, granted, it's for the grownups. It's, <laughs> but the, um, the way it ends, uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but... You know, it, it is definitely she finds her faith um, and um, come to find out that, uh, you know, more Halo when uh, when good is together, more good comes. And I mean, it's just there's I, as mature as it is, there is so much good material in that. And the art by Greg Capullo is just fantastic. Um, uh, so Scott Snyder, uh, you know, some of his stuff can really go off the rails. Um, but this right here is, um, that and his Noctera are, are some really good stuff to catch up on, but we have demons on a comiXology original. It's free. If you have Amazon prime, um, I hope they print it. Because I want a physical copy. Well, I will, I will really buy bad. that all day. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah. to like, I haven't read it yet. Um, you know, because this is a, a digital exclusive that they're doing outside of the big things. I don't know if you saw, but Tom King released his first one like this this week. Um, oh, on Substack? Yeah, on Substack. Uh, yeah. And but all but literally um, all you have to do is sign up for their newsletter and you get the book free. Oh, well, I can do that. But I'm terrible yep. about checking my email, period, let alone for comic books. And, but that's the thing you actually have to check your email <laughs> and do this. But um, <laughs> if you go to if you go to Tom King's Substack website, which if you go to his socials, it's in there. But all you got to do is sign up for the newsletter and to get the comic nice. free. Um, now, if you go the paid route, you get a lot more content. But I haven't read it yet. Um, but I think it's a uh, love everlasting. Everlasting love is the title, one or the other. Can you answer something for me? This might help anybody else out there who does digital comics. I, I have strayed away from digital comics all my life. I only love floppies. However, lately, I have reversed my opinion of digital comics. Um, me as an old guy with a genetic eye disease, I struggle to see it. And having them on a iPad um, where I can zoom in, zoom out, double click, make the panels bigger. With this, uh, you can do that through the Kindle app. But now with Substack, do you know if you can do that, or is it just like a PDF and you just have to blow it up on your own? I, I literally haven't even opened the email because I gotcha. knew I had to get to it. Um, I got you. But even on like, but on the digital end too, like I, I don't have a Kindle that I use right now. Right, I just I use my iPad. I don't even have an iPad. I use my phone for my digital comics. Yeah, um, I do that too. <laughs> uh, so, but that's like, it's just, I, I got tired of carrying around an, a tablet when I'm using a MacBook all the time. But no, that's, right. uh, you know, we, we have demons looked dope and like, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to read issue three. Um, yeah. So, Jump in. Yeah. But it is definitely for the, not for the kiddos. Um, But even like, uh, I, I still feel like even though it's a not for the kiddos book, there's still a lot. Like even just in the first two yeah. issues, there's a lot. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna go with um, Human Target. Oh um, yes, uh, Human Target to me, like if Nightwing is my favorite book, yeah, yeah, I've got, <laughs> I love that one too. Um, the Booster <laughs> Gold one was dope. Um, Human Target uh, is Tom King back at his best. 
Um, and like, cause I, I'll be, you know, I loved everything I read of Tom King up until we got till um, some of the straggler issues of his Batman arc, but even the straggler issues weren't bad, but like, um, I didn't, I really just didn't enjoy Rorschach and I really didn't enjoy uh, Adam Strange or Strange Adventures. Um, the best thing about Adam Strange was the one issue that focused on Mr. Terrific. That was, if if you buy any book of that in the Adam Strange, that was the, I love that one. Other than that, I, I agree with you. That was the best character development we've seen of Mr. Terrific in forever. Um, yeah. But uh, Human Target has just all of the right charm. Yes. All the good writing. Like, I, I like thoroughly enjoy every issue. Now, I'm a fan of the Human Target. I know Human Target was a book back in the day as well, but I was a big fan of the TV show. Um, there's mm-hmm. a Fox TV show that was a lot more action packed, um, but it was coming right off the heels of Watchmen. And you had Jackie Earl Haley as one of the main oh, characters. Oh, wow. That would have been cool. Um, and so I, there's only two seasons, and it also features um, I don't remember her name, but she's a British actress, and she's in Doctor Who, and she's in Luther, and she's in basically every British show. Um, but okay. she played the classy British lady um, that's leading Chance's team. So he has a whole team network on the the TV show. So like I I loved the TV show for what it was, um, and so I was excited to see the book coming back because if anybody can take a weird obscure book property that's not getting any love and make something functional out of it. It's Tom King. Um, they're not all old minds, but like this one is great. But I, I if you pick up issue, I can't even see the issue number on this, whatever the next, Oh, here we go. Um, I don't, I don't know what it is. Four. Four. That's this issue is four. four. Okay. Okay. That's issue the uh, blue beetle. Yeah. Issue four is the blue beetle issue, but then it literally has, um, like uh, them in a boss fight where they're actually saying the artist's name in the word bubble. And I just, that just made me giggle. Um, Yes. uh, But human target has been any, if you like any kind of classic noir, if you like any kind of like sixties style detective, the story they're telling is a modern story, but it feels like it's from the sixties. And it, and it feels like it's sort of sweet. I mean, a lot of Tom King stuff is, is deconstructing. I feel like he might be deconstructing the justice league, you know, where after it came off of legends where the justice league, it come justice league international, whatever. But, um, I, I really, I'm liking it. Absolutely. And it's, I, I, I feel like unless they tank really, really hard, this will be another, this will be the best thing he's done since Mr. Miracle. Oh, um, Mr. Miracle's fantastic. No, but I really think think this has the legs to do it. Um, other one I'm gonna throw out as one of my favorites is um, May's book. And, uh, oh, this was, yeah, Jeff Lemire. Yeah, Jeff Lemire stuff. Chris had Chris got on that ahead of me, and you know was talking about good. And it's like Jeff can be hit or miss for me, like just because his stuff is dark and deep, and um, like it hit me at a right time and right place. But just a, a story chronicling father's loss of his daughter and you know what that did to him and the fact that she would want him to live and you know just actually doing just the, it was really good storytelling um mm-hmm. visually um script wise it was just really good storytelling and it's been one of the best books i've read and i think it's done um like if i'm gotcha. not mistaken um that you can i think it ended with issue five or six um gotcha. but like you could pick the whole thing up in one little one fell swoop at this point but it's I've enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I love Jeff and uh, Jeff Lemire. Like you said, he is hit hit or miss for me as well. He's got so many books out right now; it's like crazy. Like, it's crazy, and he and he just signed an exclusive with Image. Um, oh, so he's about to be just. He's going to have like the Jeff Lemire universe, the Jeff yeah. Lemire verse. Jeff, Lemire. which wouldn't be bad. Would be bad. <laughs> This week in nerdy news, this is LTNN.
Before the pandemic, President Trump was doing his best to put an end to TikTok over privacy concerns with China. However, even though those concerns still are largely unaddressed, the power of the pandemic and our collective boredom cemented TikTok into our popular culture. In 2020, TikTok nearly doubled its user base, and by last September, it reached 1 billion monthly active users. And this huge growth isn't expected to slow down until 2024. At least for now, the future is TikTok. Snapchat and Facebook agree, as both have seen engagement with their stories features drop significantly. Snapchat recently reported that with the pandemic, they expected stories engagement to rise, but instead it fell dramatically. And since then, engagement with stories hasn't returned to pre-pandemic levels for the company. Facebook has desperately been trying to get their Instagram stories in front of more eyes, placing a featured spot for them on the front page of our Facebook feed even though they require you to open Instagram to interact with them. Still, IG stories are mostly filled up with shared videos from TikTok. But with the 60-second limitation still in place for the Meta apps, less TikTok videos are now finding their way onto Meta's platforms. And even if they make it over in parts, the algorithm splits them up into incomplete chunks that leave viewers frustrated. Both Snapchat and Meta are working on ways to update their apps to be more in line with current trends. Time will only tell if they're able to cash in on the growth that TikTok is experiencing. That was This Week in Nerdy News. I'm Radio Matt, and this is LTNN. What about you? What's a couple more you got? Well, um, I've I've got one that is an image book that I, I just... I don't know. It's not, I, I can't really say that I love it, but I can't say, but it's so intriguing and I read it every time. It's one of the first ones I read. It's called Frontiersman. Um, and um, it is um, basically the story of a old superhero who's up in a tree saving this tree from being saving like a forest. It's like, but he keep, keeps getting visited by his old enemies who are now not enemies. They've grown up. They've, they've either changed or grown or, or like, uh, old partners and um it's just an interesting book um it does have some adult stuff in it as well but uh the story is um uh, interesting like why why are these people want him out of the tree i mean um I, this the creator i'm not familiar with him um but they do a good job writing in the back of the book about you know we want to explore this in comics and they are exploring different things and in, in comics that aren't normally explored in 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 comics and and it, it's a wraparound cover every time which gets me oh got a little yeah. good wraparound mm-hmm. okay um and uh i'm gonna go with um wonder woman historia okay uh that came out i believe in early december and it's an oversized it's one of those uh black label books it is gorgeous and um, it explores the, the different, the, the basically the history of Wonder Woman. How did Wonder Woman come to be? Um, the different uh, female uh, fighters that in the children that they had. I, I say children, but I mean they're figuratively speaking. You know, um, but the artwork is so good. Um, I think it's going to be like a three issue oversized uh, book. Um, but it is something to look at just over and over and over again. Um, and I'm not a huge Wonder Woman collector, but uh, lately I've really enjoyed uh, Wonder Girl. Even the Wonder Woman book has been good. And um, the only one I'm collecting other than Wonder Girl is this Wonder Woman Historia. So it's Wonder Woman Historia, the Amazons. Um, arts by Phil Jimenez. and It is just gorgeous. Wonder Girl, um, for me, honestly, is just delightful. Like, it is, and I think I think that's been my favorite thing about her is just you know all of Yara's stuff has been just f- like fun to read. I think literally the moment in the first issue that she gets or whatever where she pulls a sword out of a dragon and says yoink, like yeah. I was like <laughs> I was like all right we're people we're friends and she like calls her flying her Pegasus like Frank or George I can't even remember the name of it but it's like some yeah <laughs> it's, it's so some sweet. generic name. Um, uh-huh. For me, I'm just gonna. I'm only got one more because I think I we shared one as well too. But uh, Catwoman, Lonely City. Um, oh, by the way, just on the Wonder Woman note, dude. I because I'm not sure where you were. Did you ever pick up Dead Earth? 
Oh yeah, that was my okay. book of the year when it came out. That's Damn, what I thought. Uh, I thought we were there. <laughs> yeah. Are you um, kidding me? She makes a, a, a well, not a mace. My son told me the technical term, but yeah, with the with Superman's, Superman's and the, <laughs> yeah, that was sweet. Anyway, um, so Catwoman, Lonely City. Um, it's just a few issues into this thing. I don't know how much more is left, but um. You know, Selena Kyle gets out of prison. I guess she's 55 or close to 60 at this point. Um, she gets out of prison and she went to prison for killing Batman. Uh, she didn't, but she went to prison for it. And now it's, you know, following the years later of everybody's aged up a little bit and everything. And um, it's just her hiring a fat killer croc to be her sidekick and trying to reestablish herself in life and a full digital age and everything else. And it's, it's kind of crazy lately how much we've been focusing on the aged out versions of our characters. Absolutely. Um, like Tom King's been beating it to death because he did it with, um, did it in his Batman run. Now he's doing Batman and Catwoman and we're getting all these things. We're getting our older versions, but like, um, there's just so many really unique takes in it, and like I, I enjoy, I've enjoyed everything I've read with these. Um, and one of the cool things, if you're uh, if you're into graphic design and clothing and stuff like that, um, they've turned the superheroes' imagery and catchphrases and stuff into classic clothing line stuff. Um, oh, really? So if like there's like a younger generation that's turned like uh, Wonder Woman logos and stuff into like some really Gucci looking clothing and stuff. So it's just neat watching some of the fashion industry stuff. With oh that. yeah. I've seen those like purses, like literally yeah. like I can't remember if it was Michael Kors or Gucci or coach. It was coach. I believe yeah. did wonder woman purses last year for Christmas. But and that, that's one of the elements that you see playing out in Catwoman only city is there's like this young 20 something year old, uh sneakerhead vibe where these people are making like designer clothing. So I, I love seeing the older character stuff, but but my favorite thing, I literally out of Catwoman Lonely City, if I was to not buy it for any other reason, um, the most recent issue has a visit Poison Ivy and um and the entirety of history, and to my knowledge, when we see Poison Ivy, she's slim, sleek, oh no, and like and yeah. like and like that, um, Poison Ivy is a plus size woman in the in the and her older, but like she's not like it's it's not like they made her morbidly obese or anything. Actually, she's like she's like it looks plus, like a normal human being, a normal human being. <laughs> she's joyful. Oh, good. Like she literally like in the pages she's on, she's like literally like glowing. And instead of doing um, like a crime and stuff, she's living a happy life. And instead of like trying to impact the world by being an eco terrorist, she's like straight up helping with producing medicine and using the proceeds from that. Like selling Mm -hmm. it legitimately to help make the world better. She's oh, like wow. li- she's living in like Latin America, wearing a, a, a like a cottony dress and just dancing around oh, and enjoying yeah. life. And it's just like this makes my heart happy. Like I was like no legitimately, kidding. I saw that and it was like literally just made me joyful to see what they were doing with her. So like, um, it, it's interesting because Poison Ivy. I mean, literally in the last little bit story arcs that that they've told, and I mean. If you go back in deceased, she basically poison ivy is the reason that humanity can still live on planet Earth. And um, if you even in fear state, she was going to be the one that tore down Gotham, but she chose not to. Um, She's like, and yeah, it's good to see that she's treated like that. But yes, like then you go back to Tom King's thing, like killed her in. uh, what was the mental health book? Uh, oh, I don't know. One where they were getting therapy and the whole mental institute, like a uh, bunch of superheroes in crisis. Oh um, yes, yeah, so heroes in crisis. The 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 Ivy that we see now is a baby Groot version of Ivy. 
Because gotcha. um, they killed OG Ivy and regrew her out of a sapling or something. Nice. And nice. So there's something recently where they actually reunited the portions of her or whatever. And it was just look crazy, but they just they yeah. haven't done a lot of good development with her as a character. In these few pages where you see an adult, happy, plus size Ivy is legitimately the best development I've seen of her as a character. It is only That's maybe awesome. man maybe three pages tops, but man, they're good pages. Good. That's awesome. So those are my books. Those are my top for the year, uh, for the past couple months so far. Um, You personally, who do you, who's telling your favorite stories right now? Oh, Tom Taylor. Easy. Um, I've started picking up uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El. There's going to be a Nightwing crossover. So yeah, yeah, need to pick that up if you want it. Um, He's doing Dark Ages. Um. In uh, Marvel, which is Marvel, it's his. It's his basically deceased, but Marvel, where uh, there's no electricity on the entire planet, and um, uh, the villains and heroes, like it's really cool. In one issue, it's like, how, what do you do with this equipment that there's no electricity? Like they've got a repurposed helicarrier, and well, how are you going to? Hel- the helicarrier is literally a big ship, and what they do is they use uh, storm. To power the ship, they get humongous sails, and she produces the. So it's been really cool. Um, he also, you know, is doing Seven Secrets. I don't know if you've read that book uh, from Boom I've Studios. Heard, uh, I've heard a lot about it. Chris was recommending it, and I've heard some good stuff. It's really good. Um, um, it's uh, about seven individual secrets, seven carriers of those secrets, and uh, protecting them. To you know, but. And, and then, of course, he's doing um, <clears throat> the uh, Dark Knights. Steel. Dark Knights of Steel. Yeah, the, the Knights of Steel. Dark Knights of Steel or whatever. I'm really Knights enjoying that one, too. Uh, yeah, I ditto. And, um, you know, I, I just find that his stuff seems uplifting in most parts. I mean, granted, anybody can go when he does these books where, uh, you know, where they're not in continuity. So... No, he right. kills whoever he wants to, but um, I enjoy it. I, Tom King is also his Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow is fantastic. That's been my favorite Tom King book right now, and the art in it is gorgeous. Um, I was going to pick it up and trade because I've missed everything so far. Well, so. and it is it is thick. It is a lot of reading. Um, so it's not something you can just go hey flip through. Yeah. What about you? Who 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 are you? Reading. Who's your fave? <laughs> Just because of Nightwing, I'm going to go with Tom Taylor too. Is like probably my favorite. Um, Tom King stuff too with Human Target is great. Um, I really, um, it's over now, but man, like I'm still reeling from Scotty Young's um, Me Love in the Dark. I like that was a short book, but like. Just the storytelling in that was just really solid. Um, his story, his storytelling is fantastic. His Strange Academy is great. I mean, I love Strange Academy. And so, like, those are ones that I'm looking forward to. And honestly, I'm really, I haven't read it yet, but I'm, I'm really pumped to read um, the uh, Tom's, Tom King's uh, Substack book. Um, just because yeah. pe- pe- I've heard a lot of reviews of, like, this is the book we needed. This is the book I was looking for, stuff like that. Um, and on art, or like, uh, so who's doing your favorite art, like, just visuals right now? That's a hard one. Uh, I really, um, you know, my daughter's like, dad, how do you collect a book? And I'm like, well, you can either collect a character, an artist, a writer, a story arc. Um, I, I, I like, um, Bill Jimenez. I tell you, who I really like is Karim, Gil- the, the dude who drew Carmen and also drew, um, a lot of the Joker. I can't pronounce his name right, but it's like, Karen, Karen, I always want to call him Karen Gillum. I know that ain't right. Gillum yeah, March, yeah. Gillum March, I believe is his name. His art style is, is so good. Um, I miss him not being on the Joker anymore. Yeah. Um, but uh, those are my favorites. Um, what about you? I, um, I'm down for all of those. I think my favorite art right now is the person who's doing human target. Oh yeah, Smallwood. It's gorgeous. I was gonna say him too. 
Yeah, uh, yeah Greg Smallwood. Man, I mean, yeah. that's that's just some gorgeous art. And um, like it's literally if you took the word bubbles off the pages and just looked at, at the panels and just you could tell you could get a good story just from the visuals on the panels. So. Is he doing? Uh, is he doing colors too? Because the coloring in that, um, I know that that the um, the Catwoman book, everything is done by the same guy in the Catwoman yeah. book. Um, um, yeah, the Catwoman book is all one person. Um, let me see, but like, it does say artist Greg Smallwood, so I'm assuming yes, he yeah, does so colors. Just, yeah, that's just really it's, dope too. Um, mm-hmm. Knowing how, like, I have a more eye opened process about how much work goes into this after just working on one book for a little bit. So this is just like knowing the time that they put into this. And I'm just like, man, that's, that's just nuts. I um, struggle with some books where they use such a dark color palette. Um, just because again, because I struggle just seeing it um, and being colorblind doesn't help either. So um, like uh, they're the, the artist for um, Tom Taylor's book, Seven Secrets, um, Danielle DeNicolo, DeNiculio, or whatever, that everybody loves. It's really hard for me to, um, it's sort of got an anime style to it, but it's the colors and it's the, um, I believe she also does the art for, we only find them when, when they're dead, which is an Al Ewing book. Um, yeah, and that's like, that book is pretty, but man, like I just, I couldn't stick with it. Um, I didn't either. I dropped off. <laughs> What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. So um, before we go out today, is there like a single moment or a couple moments, just not even just the whole story, but just within the books, something that's just jumped out to you that's just been like, this was a be- this was a beautiful reason to read a comic book. Okay, I'm so glad that you told me that we were going to talk about this because there's one book that came out in December that um, just a one shot throwaway book. It's like. It was basically the future of Marvel Universe revealed. It was called Timeless. It's got Kang on the cover. Of course, you know they're pushing Kang, um, you know, for obvious reasons. And it it's a guy who follows Kang around. And they they hint at things that are going to happen within the Marvel Universe. But the thing that got me was the final page. And it's just a little drawing that the... Um, in this guy's journal that he flips and it says, um, and why is this particular vision imprinted on my mind? And it is the Marvel, the miracle man logo, which I am a child of the eighties. Miracle man was a book that, um, Alan Moore wrote. And, uh, I believe, um, said or Tottlebean who, who did, um, Swamp Thing with him drew, and it was like a modern um, Shazam, Mr. Mm. Captain Marvel, and Miracle Man had forgotten who he was, and uh, he would have to say Atomic backwards, Kimoda, in order to turn into himself. So he's like an overweight, middle-aged man, living his worst life, hates his job, he's struggling with his marriage. I mean, it was so depressing. Only in the ways that Alan Moore can do it. And um, he sees it and he be, he says the words backwards because it's a reflection in a pool. And he turns back into Miracle Man for the first time in 30 years. And you come to find out that there used to be a whole entire Miracle Man family. Does that sound familiar? Oh, wow. <laughs> and one, yeah. One of the kids never turned back into his alter identity. He stayed the hero, but he was evil. Hmm. Um, okay. So he gets the, he gets the, 
they end up fighting. He gets him to turn back into a kid. And then he's left with the dilemma. Do I kill this child in order for him not to turn back into this evil creature? Because the kid had never aged. Um, so it's, it had a lot. This was before kingdom come, which, you know, Billy Batson, if you read kingdom come, Luther had Billy Batson under his control. Um, but anyway, there, (laughs) you know, I, I know Alan Moore's probably dying because he hates the commercialization of his properties anyway, but, um, (laughs) but just a hint that a miracle man is coming to Marvel. It was like, I was so excited, man. This was a comic book I collected by Eclipse Comics, which doesn't even exist anymore. And Marvel bought the rights to them. They have put out them in trade. Um, I think they call him Marvel Man now because they can't because they got sued. I don't know what happened, but yeah, anyway, yeah. that is my uh, super stoked for what's going to happen. They also hint at um, uh, Thanos having Thor's hammer with all of the Infinity Gems uh, in- embedded into Mjolnir, and him also <laughs> having the arm of his son. What's his son's name? Dave, Nave, whatever, who control the dead, control the dead. So he's got all the Marvel zombies behind him. He's got Mjolnir and all the infinity stones. So. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. I'm excited, but I'm a Marvel guy. That's so, you know, what about you, Hector? What about, was there something you were like, whoa, it's not a whoa moment, but there is a moment that just kind of, um, like kicked me really, really hard. Like it was not a moment that I was, uh, like anticipating getting hit this hard. And it was, um, uh, the Batman, Batman, Catwoman annual. Oh, um, it was, um, a. is it the Christmas special? All Christmas special. So I don't even know. Like the, every book's about Christmas (laughs) was, oh, that's right. Was this the book that basically, um, was an homage to Jean Paul Leon who passed away? Yes. Yeah. I haven't read it yet. I have it downstairs. It's in my pile yeah. of shame. Uh, there, there's some spoilers, so I'll leave the leave that out. You can tell me. I don't care. Um, well, like uh, the entire thing of Batman Catwoman has been, um, like Bruce is dead and it's following her story. Right. This finishes out her story. Oh, good. In some ways, um, but <laughs> some ways. Yeah, like it's it's not the end of her. You I would got want. you. No, um, well, we've still got like four or five more issues of the book to go. So, yeah. um, but there's one point where um, she's ex- like, uh, there's just one moment where Selena is explaining to like maybe a four year old Helena daughter mm. um, about how Bruce's parents died. Like, I guess oh, Batman. Yes. I guess did that, part of this. Um, he's on patrol or whatever, and she's explaining because um, they alternate Christmases of who's home with the kid that somebody's still protecting the city. That whole thing. Oh um, wow! But there's a moment where, and like you don't hear the whole thing about how they died, but you hear her follow up question. And so young, like toddler Helena says, "That's why Daddy gives me pearls every year for Christmas." I'm like. I heard that like, yeah. like legit. Uh, I know. Like, y'all can't hear this watching it, but like, or <laughs> wa- see this watching it. But I straight got goosebumps just saying that. I went, yes, uh, I read that and I went, oh, like, that oh. hit me. That was just like that's like that was not a great issue, like a life changing issue to me. But like mm-hmm. that one line, kicked me in the throat. <laughs> gotcha. Just, yeah, man, I I've had so much fun talking to you, and I'm so grateful that you could take time to do this. And yeah, um, absolutely. And, and uh, we look forward to you doing more pull listy things in the future as well. Yeah, because um, I didn't even get to mention Moon Knight. You want to mention Moon Knight real quick? <laughs> oh, no, I just, I just, I just threw it in there. <laughs> okay. uh, I've enjoyed Moon Knight a lot too. Um, but uh, so we're going to wrap it up today for this episode. And you know, thank you for joining us on your biweekly source of just love for comics and all things in this creative medium. Um, uh, you can always join in the conversation uh, with Chris and Todd and I and all of our nerdy friends over at the Love Thy Nerd Discord. And uh, you can begin your geeky adventure there with us. And uh, you head over to whatever platform you watch this, the website, Discord, wherever you listen to this at, and tell us what you like, what you hate 
related, um, anything we might have missed. And um, we'd love to hear your take on comics as well. We'd love to be able to share that, whether that's in the Love Thy Nerd community on Facebook, Discord, comments. You know, we, we want to hear your voices as well on this. Um, there is a channel on the Discord, though. So, you know, you can head over there because all the cool kids are on Discord. Um Right, Todd? I am. I am on Discord. I am the cool... I'm the old grandpa. I'm the cousin that like shows up occasionally. Um, but that is officially it for us here on the Pool List Podcast. Episode 64 is in the books and now in your ears, but we could not do this alone. As many of you know, we take this journey together with lots of amazing podcasts that are part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. So to be sure to visit lovethynerd.com for more info, previous episodes, and maybe find yourself a new uh, show to add to your routine. Um, but we want to thank you for listening today. Thank you for being a part of this conversation. Um, rate review on all your podcasting apps of choice, um, Spotify, Stitcher radio, and many more. And, uh, remember kids read more comics, read more comics. Better put the word out. Get ready for the nerd out. Better put specs on. Better bring next song. Checks for my expansion sets. They call me Obi Wan. Act like you know me, son. You've been listening to the Polis Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mirai part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. Be sure to rate and review the show and share on all the social media.